Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be really emotional. There is no loss for being honest. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. The responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. I'm scared of the friendship. Taking a breath. Just talk. Shame and guilt. Vulnerabilities. <laughs> that was about to be What does it really mean to be friends? We trust the real work that we do is overcoming our insecurities every day and learning how to love more. It has examples of the change we want to see in the world. Just talk. taking a breath. So if we just take a breath. Well, my face is on fire from the doctors. <laughs> To have healthier relationships with women, they need healthier relationships with other men. The real work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. So I'm in an open relationship with my husband, and my husband and I sold our house ten months ago. We have twins that are four years old, we travel around the world, and this is my boyfriend. Hi! <laughs> Perfect! Hi. Hi, welcome to Amory, where it's our intention to bring more love into the world, one vulnerable conversation at a time. Today's topic is energetic freedom. Now that's a new concept for me, and it's one that Kyle's been really exploring in his recent decisions of whether or not to stay in New Zealand or go back to the US. And maybe it's something that you're already familiar with, or maybe it's something that just like me, you weren't really thinking about before. It's the idea of how we are energetically and emotionally connected to other people in our lives. And sometimes it takes us taking a stand for who we are in this world and what we wanna create, and not to cause harm to anybody else, but really just to live more freely so that we can really add our voices and our ideas in this world. It's a really interesting conversation today. Kyle will read some of his writing, which I love and I hope you love as well. As always, thank you for joining on our life lessons here. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Emory. Today's topic is energetic freedom. Kyle actually just wrote a beautiful, beautiful article on that topic, really from your own personal experiences, Kyle. And uh, we, we thought it might be good to start out just really from a passage from that. I remember as a young boy growing up in America, we learned a lot about freedom and the axioms of being an American. But being an American doesn't make us energetically free. A government cannot issue and protect this freedom because it lives in the fabric of our relationships. Only an individual can dictate energetic freedom. And I promise you that the road to energetic freedom is not easy due to the way we currently relate as humans. Energetic freedom is releasing the resistance to the unknown, releasing the illusion that we have a sense of control of events, outcomes, and what our life will look like in the future. I chose to release control over the situation of whether I should be back uh, with my family back in the U.S. or my chosen family here in New Zealand during the pandemic. The next thing that happened was looking down at my phone to see I received a message from my sister unprompted about my dilemma. Her words were, I want you to do what's safest. My release of resistance ignited something energetically out, out there on her end that she acted upon that supported me in the decision I knew was best. I know deep in my heart and parts of my soul that I'm here for a reason, and rushing back is the only thing that my heart would do. So Kyle's an incredible writer and has a medium channel that's The Healing Projects, all one word, under Kyle Henry. We're going to put the link to that in the show notes. And I think what we're going to talk about, too, is what kind of comes out of that energetic freedom, which we've been talking about a lot here, which is Ikigai. 
And I'm going to also link to something from Big Think on by this author, Philip Perry, about Ikigai and what it is with the chart that's on here. But the rough translation or concept can be to live the realization one hopes for, or another inter- interpretation is that which makes life worth living. Iki means life and gai means value or worth. And this is a lot about what we talk about being the change you wish to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think with the energetic freedom, which I think we need to talk a lot about, Mm -hmm. we have the opportunity to then pursue ikigai. And so for a lot of you out there that might be like me, stuck away from a partner or stuck alone or really going through some challenges with what's going on in the world right now, we all need you to start finding your ikigai because that's what the world needs and that's what we want to see is the what you want to see in the world and i think kyle's journey of energetic freedom is the perfect place to start mm-hmm. yeah thanks marty yeah i've gone through a, a lot of changes myself as i talk about a lot and really the last five years has been healing my my body and my heart and the way i relate and my relationships and very recently, I set the intention that I wanted to explore and understand my soul. Spirituality, I think, is something that I've always been like, oh, I'll get to that later, or I, I want to do that, and I never do. So I've never gone deep into spirituality and, and like even that reflection of what that means to me, even though you know I've, I've had intuitions and feelings about it. And I think my intuition was something that I started getting connected to when we started traveling really Mm -hmm. about a year ago. And I think that's where I started feeling like I was being guided (laughs) in some woo-woo type of way uh, along a road that I'm supposed to be on because it just feels right. And I can say that because I know what it feels like to be on the wrong road, Mm -hmm. which is there's a lot of rough shit that happens. And that's kind of in most of my life. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's woo-woo now. Not, not too woo-woo. Just a little. Just a little woo-woo light. <laughs> woo-woo light version. I think we all have have headed that way before. I'm fucking crazy. And I don't <laughs> want to say most, I don't want to make it sound like most of my life has been bad because a lot of my life has been really good and I have I have so much and that is that I want to make that clear. But on the other hand, and something that I was that was read in my astrological sign, my, my Chinese zodiac uh, sign, which basically said that my heart and my soul were opposites, opposite energies, opposite in their purposes and the way that they act and operate. And so they were like pulling on each other. When I heard about that and when I found that out, it just made a lot of sense. And, you know, you can believe it or you cannot, but some things just make sense. And I have a big heart and it always gets me to jump in and help others. It always gets me to jump in and give. And it always gets me to jump in and put myself second. And coming to that realization on this spiritual journey, Mm -hmm. which has been the last few months for me, which I set the intention of as someone that's on a journey. And and I've gone through a lot these last few months, (laughs) a whole lot. And I think what I, what I learned is that, yeah, I'd always been, I I hadn't chosen myself. I hadn't Mm -hmm. chosen what the path that I'm on. I always let my heart lead the way. I always kind of jumped off the the road that I was on. And then, you know, there was always this feeling, this, this really hard energetic feeling that I was like sacrificing something really important. I was going off of the road that I'm supposed to be on. And that just 
it, it's like a spiritual crisis. It's like a spiritual bankruptcy. It feels, it feels really bad. Yeah. And I'm sure people can relate to that. It's that feeling of you're called to do something, but then you decide against yourself. You become you don't a victim. Trust, yeah. A victim of your, of your own self or your own, your own decisions. I think one of the other things we've been using as a tool is the, the uh, drama triangle, which if you're not familiar is the state of being a victimhood or a persecutor or a savior. And there's a, a more positive version of that, which is like a survivor thriver instead of a victim and a challenger instead of a persecutor and a coach instead of a savior. And, and I think I've been in the pleasure to witness your journey since uh, we got back together in Australia and then New Zealand. And I've watched Kyle, mm. I've watched you and even relating to me, I've watched you choose yourself. Like for instance, like I've had this, I'm a futurist. I think because I have the least number of attachments, I jump forward faster. And with that, I had this view of the this farm that we want to have, like this healing center retreat farm, which we're absolutely going to do. <laughs> uh, because part of what started off was in the beginning of our trip, when we're doing all this, you saw this vision for yourself. And you didn't feel like I was forcing you. And I, I felt energetic freedom from being a burden. Like right. I, I was afraid to express my ambitions because I didn't want everybody to feel like I was bulldozing. And it was a really powerful moment. I think we were, we were on the woofing one in the, in the garden with, you were like, Kyle's the invasive species of invasive species. Mm -hmm. Like he was at home with the Kiwi <laughs> slammer, just killing these, these shitty plants. Right. And, and, uh, he's like, I can see this farm now and on his own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I've witnessed in you. And that was center. allowing, right? That was mm -hmm. allowing. Cause it was, yeah. I, it was something that I wanted. Like I've talked about, and I've talked about this with you, Megan, endlessly mm -hmm. about, I want to like return to like a simple life. I want to return to the, to nature, to living off the land. I want to, unravel myself as much as I can from the systems, the systems that I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And like, it's hard to explain. Uh, and it's a hard time to really be talking about this, but I think it's the right time because yeah. the systems are unraveling. And I know this is upsetting for people that, and there's a lot of people that don't deserve to be harmed and in pain. And I don't, doesn't make me feel good, but the rescuer would go in and try to help those people in a certain way. And there are people that are, are out there that are giving their heart and their soul to rescue other people right now. And I honor those people. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that have to create the future mm -hmm. because we, these systems can't be fixed. And I don't believe that that's the best thing. And I, and I think there's some people that need to create what's next. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe the three of us sitting here are some of those people. And I, and I believe there's a lot of people that we connect to through Amory. Uh, a lot of people that have open minds and yeah, they're following their own journeys and, and they're, they're awake and they're open. Yeah. And I think those are the people that are ready for what's next. Yeah. And we, we all are, we're all looking at, at this moment as, as a, as a necessary one, a sad time, but also an, a time of opportunity for new things to be created and, and people to share visions and not hold back your light. Yeah. I feel like this is going to bring, <laughs> you said that last one for me, <laughs> not hold back your light, which is my biggest fear is that everything is set up and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to hide and I, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to give, there's two things on my mind. One is that this 
could be and perhaps is a time where we're all facing our deepest fear or really confronted with things. And Kyle, I've seen you very confronted with the choice of staying in New Zealand here or going back to the U.S. And that was where we left our our listeners off um, really from the last episode is you were really going through and debating that that choice. So I'd love for you to to yeah. make this really concrete for people to explain, if you would, just a little bit of what you had to go through, what you were thinking, how that how that choice came about. I think I said two things, but I don't know if that was two things, but just. Well, and we're in the apocalypse, but that's not a bad thing because the etymology, which the origin of the word apocalypse means to uncover, right? And we are uncovering what's hidden. And what's hidden is that our economy is built on false sense of reality and debt that can't be sustained. And our environment at this pace with the way that humans are treating it can't be sustained. And what we're revealing is what you can't deny anymore. I believe that there are a whole bunch of millennials and younger who've never actually breathed fresh air and seen clean water. So they don't know what they're fighting for. But now New Delhi dropped from 300 particles in their air to 40. And you can see blue sky in New Ooh, Delhi. And wow. I've never seen blue sky in New Delhi. And every time I visited and I'm half Indian, that's why I've gone. And for me, this is a great un unveiling of what's hidden inside of us. Mm -hmm. And this is why Ikigai is so important. You can't go back. You can't unsee fresh air and fresh water and clear mm -hmm. water. You can't. You can't unsee if you, I feel like the quarantine just kind of did a freeze frame for whatever our life, wherever we were at in the world, whatever we were going with, going through, whomever we were with, it was just like freeze. And we can't, you can't unsee, is my life working right now? Does this work for me or does this not? And for me, I'm sitting like, holy shit, this is totally working right now. And uh, I'm sure that there are people out there where it's like, oh shit, this is totally not working for me. What is it that I'm missing? You know, who do I want to be in this world? And I think that those are beautiful, beautiful. It's it can be a really beautiful time. Well, and here's Ikigai. It's a cross section a Venn diagram, like I talked about in the last episode, of what your purpose is, like what you're what you're called to, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what they're willing to pay for. And that cross-section becomes your purpose. And this, to me, is as simple as being the change you wish to see in the world. Being, not doing. Yeah, being. And and now you, yeah, if the apocalypse is not the sign that you were waiting for, what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> right. Like, what do you need to happen to you or to the world for you to wake up and say, okay, if you're going to take a chance, mm -hmm. it's going to be now. Everything is unra unraveling and people are in a lot of pain and pain is inevitable, but the suffering is not. Mm -hmm. The suffering is resisting the pain. We have to feel it, we have to be honest about it. And that's where I wanna come back to you, Kyle, and commend you mm -hmm. because you went through the pain and you were really fucking honest about it. Mm -hmm. And and I know it was really hard because I witnessed it, right? And I'm really rough on families generally, but I'm really proud of you and your family for the way that you guys work through this because I know there was this moment where Kyle was really struggling with whether or not, like when to choose himself, right? This, mm -hmm. this when to choose himself. And how. And how, yeah. right? Because the apocalypse was coming. It was very clear that we are going to be stuck in place. Yeah, like Flights were getting shut down. Yeah. If you're not social time. distancing and quarantining and isolating right now, fuck you. Right. And so, you know, that's my job to be this guy. So like, I, <laughs> I think really what, what it comes down to is 
you saw that coming. We saw that coming. We're informed. We're not dumb dums. We can read, right? We can, we're all over the world. We're getting messages from dozens of countries. And, and you knew that at a certain point, the universe was going to do it for you. Right. But you were unwilling to accept that. And I was really, really, really proud of you because you needed to choose for yourself. And we saw that struggle. And now I don't know your family. I've met your sister once and your brother once and your brother-in-law once, but that's it. And I've never met your parents. And there's a reason for that from my world. I have trouble with parents because most of them hate me. But they, if they listen to this, they have to know that you chose very carefully and that you did a lot of work to choose what you chose. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy. And that's the work I want everyone to be proud of you for. Thank you, Marty. That means a lot. Yeah, and if I if I could maybe back up to, I don't know what point. Yeah, to I guess, be, you know, right after the last podcast, which is when I was on the fence, I think, mm-hmm. you know, things started to accelerate in how countries were locking down borders, flights were getting canceled. And I had already kind of started playing with this in my head, like, oh, I may get stuck here. And then I started to realize and and really grieve that, I mean, my sister, you know, is one of the closest people to me in the whole world. And I, I know that she knows that. And, you know, I, I wanted to be there for the birth of her son. And I, you know, I, 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 I envisioned it a hundred times and I had to let that go because I, I, I started to understand that I had a choice that was going to be one or the other. And nobody nobody likes a choice that feels like a lose-lose and it felt like a lose-lose at first and I knew I had to reframe that where I was going to upset and hurt somebody or the other and the way that I went through this process and that's what you both saw is that I literally sat on both sides mm-hmm. of the decision and it's 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 literally one of my processes that I have is that when I have a decision to make I will absorb and sit on each side and I will feel what it feels like to go into that decision and and go down that road. So I, just to give people an idea of what that looks like, he, you actually made the decision to I go did. home. You made the decision to go home. I was laying next to you in bed. <laughs> I, I think you woke me up. You, yeah, you tapped me and you're just like, I, I'm going to go home. And I was like, I'm really glad that you've made a decision and that I started, you know, I had already been starting my grieving process for Cause I thought, I really thought that you were going to go home. And when you said it, I was like, okay, Megan, you knew, you knew that this was coming. It's okay. And I had already told you, I love you no matter what, and we'll get through it no matter what. And so, but to hear you say the words, I was like, okay, okay, he's going. And then I went back to sleep. I'm like, I'm going to process this in my sleep and then wake up. And uh, yeah. So you, I mean, you made that decision. Right. And I think to really describe this, this type of this event and it's it's been built up as this incredible event which was you know our whole family is so excited for it you know we're we're all so close we've all yeah we've all been excited for this moment this next chapter where you know the the kids are having kids the, myself and my siblings and it was built up to be this really exciting event and with my life which is a lot of travel i knew that there was a chance that my sister could give birth early or something would happen. And I knew that I needed, like my whole intention was like, I need to make sure I get back. Mm -hmm. And I think I started in the place of I'm going to, I'm going to go back no matter what. 
And, but then I started to see what was happening and I started to really understand. And I'm a systems thinker like, mm-hmm. like you, Megan. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to see, like, I know where this is going to go. I know that the U S is going to become a bad place that I may not be able, you know, there's going to be a lot of cases. I'm not going to be able to leave for potentially six months or longer. And, and what, what do I give up if I, if I go there for this event, which is, a you know, going to be this thing that happens. And then my, my sister goes on to being a mom and, and, you know, and I know like that I'll, I'll be there to support her, but I was really trading this one event for really the next like potentially year of my life and, and my partnership with you. And I mean, it, it was, it was still a really hard decision. I think even more important than your partnership with Megan mm-hmm. was your state of thriving. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're really, th- you know, and I don't want to make people feel bad on the podcast unless they're Republicans. Mm-hmm. Which then I would love to make you feel bad. But uh, the, the, we are in a state of thrive. And part of the reason we're in a state of thrive is because we got to this energetic freedom. Because we've been doing the work, you know, with our families, with mm-hmm. ourselves, with each other. I went through a lot of pain knowing I was two weeks away from seeing my partner. Um, and then now it might be six months. And so, like, witnessing the two of you, what you have, and then knowing what the pain is like that you're facing. But also... Seeing that, like, when I was on the Maori farm was when I was processing all of this, that I'm not, the borders are going to close and she's mm-hmm. not going to, she's not going to come here and I, I'm not going to be able to go there. I went through this process of saying, okay, well, I'm not going to go into this victim mode. Mm-hmm. I'm in Thrive. I crushed that Maori farm. Like, I was ready to, like, live on it, right? I was, I was all of the things that I've done in my life have kind of added up and culminated and I was very useful and very, and I was a sponge learning like rapidly on this farm. And it was creating this vision of the future. It was like making the vision of the future possible and even Mm -hmm. more real for me. So I was like, I'm not going to squander this state of thrive Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to let my partner squander her state of thrive. And I'm not going to bring her this negative energy, but I have to grieve the loss of this time. And I have to know that it's for something else, right? We have, there's a reason that we're apart and and then we have to do something new with it. And I saw you in the state of threat. When the two of us were making compost with mushroom logs and <laughs> and coffee grounds and we're like barefoot and in this shit mm-hmm. for hours, it was clear. We were literally creating life while most of the rest of the world was we were healing the earth. Yeah. Yeah. We were healing the earth and it felt like exactly the right thing to do. And it's like, should we, should we stop doing this and then join the suffering? And, and to me, it's like, I, I say that with gratitude. I say that with, with that we're honored to, to be here. We're, right. we're, we're mm-hmm. very lucky and, and we've done the work, but we're also lucky to be where we're at and we become minimalists and we don't have a lot of expenses. We don't have a lot of outstanding debt and we don't have a lot of things that we're that we're attached to right because i've been through economic apocalypse before so this time around when the writing was on the wall we cleared we cleared the deck uh, i stole what was valuable i i we minimized and and we we really got to a point where we're we're sustainable and then you know this is also a big hit for me because of my 75 year old father i might not see for a year and i don't want to leave you out megan because mm-hmm. you are in a state of thrive even though you suffer from point to point here. Yeah. You know, Emery is doing really well. We get messages 
every day, more than one. Thank you. Thank Emory you. is Thank Megan's you. guy. Yeah, Thank Emory you. is very much. Yeah, that is really clear. And I, I'll call myself out here. If everyone is being confronted uh, with their biggest fear at this moment, my biggest fear is that I have no more excuses, that I have, I am in a state of thrive. And my biggest fear is that I squander it that I don't do the things that I want to do with my life, that I hold back my light, that I think because other people are suffering, I'm not allowed or I shouldn't allow myself to enjoy this time or to be present and to be positive and to put love and light out into the world. Yeah. So with this opportunity of thriving completely, I'm just deathly afraid that I'm not going to be capable, that I'm just not going to be capable and that I do what my default mode mode was is just keep putting myself down like oh not allowed not allowed don't do it and yeah this is a massive breakdown in our long-term relationship Mm -hmm. because we've been together for 20 years now or just about and this has been painful for us this is the the breakdown in our flow right and i'm feeling pain around watching you suffer Mm -hmm. And like suffer needlessly, really. Right, because you're playing the victim role. <laughs> yeah, back against, to the... against your own against your own icky guy. Like, yeah. it's not even about are you capable? It's or is this viable? Mm-hmm. It is. It is actually completely real, mm-hmm. and you've created something amazing, and you've created a lot of amazing connections, and you you set you set forth a vision from the first episode from coming out from all of that and you did it yeah so like the capability question to me is just like stupid right? i know and we continue <laughs> to do it we're still recording here and for that i have to thank you i mean okay there's so much happening for me internally right now <laughs> so, bring your sister ah, so to go back to <laughs> not sister that'd be no weird. that'd be weird uh, <laughs> to go back to kyle and to recognize your choice and the the emotional freedom that you went through and in that decision to stay here and not join your family. And I, I love your family. I've met your family. I felt like they accepted me from day one. To For me, a big fear was to be disliked, to be the one that is seen to be the reason that you stayed. And that's why I didn't even share my opinion with you for, for a week when you were debating. I was like, I don't, I don't want to interject there. And that's also and then, why I had to own it. Yeah. That I, you, or I, I wanted to own yeah. it because I didn't want any leak of, of people thinking different things. I wanted to be really sound in the decision. Mm-hmm. It would be a power leak, power your own leak. personal uh, power yeah. leak. And I think, yeah. you know, for anybody else supporting someone making this decision, this is where I mean, you and I had a really good set of interactions. And I think one of the things I had learned Working with you, Megan, and, and other people, uh, like my other partner, is that this is where in the drama triangle, you don't become the persecutor. Like, I didn't persecute you, but I did challenge you, right? And I didn't I didn't do it the old way. I did it Kyle's way, inquiry, right? And I started asking you questions that you had to reflect on. Yeah, in this process of asking you questions in the drama triangle, I I didn't go into persecutor and telling you what to do. But I did have the opportunity to support you and tell you what I thought, which is I want you to choose you no matter what that means, right? And I want you to thrive. And wherever that is and however that is, I want you to thrive. And then I asked you questions that I wanted you to consider, like, 
if you go back, will you resent your family? Because that's a really, I've been in this role and this experience with Megan resenting the fuck out of me for like my business and, and for eight years. There's a lot of animals in our podcast. Right? That's a <laughs> duck. <some> ducks. <laughs> but, yep. but like really, and that, that really is more poisonous than one hard truth. You know, so in a way it might sound to your family like I'm like, oh, don't do this. But no, really what it is, is like me looking out for your family because I don't want to allow you to seed the poison of resent. Mm -hmm. And I just ask you to think about those things. Yeah. I mean, going back to the, the story, I mean, I had made the decision to go back, but it wasn't my decision. I was making the decision that I knew that my family would obviously want. And I could, I was struggling to make the, the decision to stay because it would be so shocking to them because like, I know the paradigm of the, of the importance of this event. And I think I was already shifting my paradigm because then there was a pandemic and then there was, you know, my life here and the things that were thriving in and how I, my life for the last year has been a lot of that's been with you guys and the work that we've been doing and Amory and, you know, the support in my own my own ikigai around healing and trauma and, and you guys have supported me and, and you've seen things in me that, that many other people haven't believed in. We've and, been the recipient of it. I mean, sure. I feel like you've been teaching me and both of us amazing things so that we can work on healing ourselves as well. Yeah. It's, it's been an embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's like right here is where I'm supposed to be. And it, it's something that it, this wasn't a, a head decision. It wasn't a, it wasn't a let's let's make a pros and cons list and and like check it off. It was I had to I had to go through the motions of sitting on both sides. And when I told you that night that I was going to go back, um, I slept really bad. It felt I felt really awful. I woke up the next day. I felt really awful, and I just knew I knew that this I knew that it wasn't going to be the right decision. Uh, I knew that it wasn't my decision. Mm -hmm. And and again, th this is the first time where I've been like, what do I want to do? Wow. What do I really want to do? And, and, and like expansively, like with the rest of my life, which is like, nobody gets, nobody gets to tell me when I need to come home, you know, and, and what is, and, and I've been reframing, what is my home? Because my home has been here with you guys for a long time. And that doesn't take anything away from my family. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take anything away. Uh, from anything. And if, uh, if anything, I've actually committed more to them and, and supporting them because they're going through uh, challenges right now. And I'm in a, and I'm in a place of thrive. So I, I'm in a good place to support them mm -hmm. more than if I go back and I'm, and I'm locked in my apartment and I can't be in nature and I'm resentful. And uh, this is a perfect example of the distinction between savior or rescuer and coach supporter like you you instead of being the victim that went back because of being the potentially even, persecuted right? it's the martyr is this rescuer this serve instead of being the martyr you're now being the coach or the one that can support from a distance while they go through something where where they could easily become victims to this but instead you're you're working them through to survive and thrive so it's like flipping from this drama cycle to a better cycle. Hey, it's Kyle. I wanted to take 60 seconds to tell you more about Amory's mission. 
One year ago, we started Amory with the intention to bring more love into the world. And now, with listeners in 47 countries, I think we're doing just that. But we want to do more, and we really appreciate your support in, in getting to that goal that we have, which is really to expand and share and normalize polyamory, but also improve relationships, however they are in the world. So we're now in the process of creating a documentary, we're writing books, we're active on Instagram, supporting people, uh, we're creating content on Patreon. There's so many ways that we want to continue to grow and connect with people and build this community. And we'd love your support and for you to be a part of that community. And the best way to do that is to go to patreon.com backslash Emory podcast and support us there at any level that works for you. We really appreciate you. Now back to the episode. Right. And where they can become creators of their own future. They can start to see the change they wish to see in the world and do it. And what you've said is like your family is doing it, like the way they're supporting their their patients, their students, their 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 each other has been much more creator. Mm-hmm. Right. Which means that they're flipping out of it, too. And it's like we need contrast. And I think what you're doing is providing contrast. You didn't bite on the old way you you chose stepping out of the drama powered way. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, you know, people see where we're at right now and it's, it's like, is this live? You know, is this actually happening right now? Like we were, Megan and I were at a waterfall this morning and there's no one there. And and it's like, we, we chose this life. We, we chose where we are physically and, and like on our journey. And, and it's a stark contrast from where everyone else is at right now. Let me reframe that. We did not drive anywhere. We ran. <laughs> we happened to be really close to a forest preserve, which is why I chose this place. Yeah. And we ran to the waterfalls, which was well, like 20 or 25 minutes. And I'm, I am yeah. a stickler for the rules. So I will get mad at anybody that's breaking the rules. And, you know, we, we went to the grocery store today because we had to. Yeah. And you sat in the car and I went in by myself and I followed all the rules all the way through. And, you know, I want to give a shout out to the Kiwis here, most of you, uh, for a lot of things that we're at three and a half hours north of Auckland. We chose a more remote place. You chose a place with with uh, it's almost deserted in this neighborhood. Right. Uh, we have a, a wooded area with like a, a pond. Koi pond. Yeah. And a, a, and a walking distance to a waterfall. This is and, and everybody is being respectful of this. And then. It's a small community overall. Mm-hmm. And then we got really lucky with the people that own this place because it turned out that they needed renters and we needed a place and we got a good deal on uh, one that's sustainable for us for longer term rental. And so really these choices allowed us to stay in the state of thrive. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's because of your foresight. Yeah. Well, we've been practicing this. If you really think about everything that got us here We've been practicing this for over a year. We've been going from place to place to place. We've been learning what is it that we really need. We've been learning what is it that's really important to us. So a lot of the big questions that maybe some people are faced with right now. I mean, I know one of the women that we met on our woofing experience from Germany, super sweet, a little younger. She was planning on spending a year here in in New Zealand. And she just messaged me to say that she's in touch with the German embassy to try to get her back because she realized what was important to her and she, she wanted to be back with her family. So there's, I, I think that uh, there's just opportunity to see what's important. And we've been doing that for the last year. 
Yeah, more than a year. More than a year, like, yeah. This is where I kept saying, my, oh. in hindsight, my foresight was no, amazing. No, you said something the other day about <laughs> uh, letting go of things and that our ikigai, the way that we find our ikigai is by clearing the noise. The first step, step one in finding your ikigai is to reduce and clear the noise, right? There's too much going on and now we have the opportunity to clear the noise. You know, Everybody has the opportunity. You're not to commuting to work, <laughs> right? You're not commuting yeah, to work. Yeah, time and money are probably the two main things, right? That people say, "Well, I, I I'm not gonna, I don't have time, or, or I don't have the funds to do like my passion, to pursue my purpose, or to find out what my purpose is." And a lot of people aren't even able to identify their purpose because they're drowning in noise. So, noise being described noise. Well, noise is all the things that are overloading you. You're, you're consuming too much. So you everything that you own requires either maintenance or becomes something you neglect. Either one of those is an energy suck. Mm-hmm. So the more shit you have, the more shit no you got to do. No energetic freedom there. There's no energetic freedom there. Yeah. You know, the more, the lavish your lifestyle, like this is the thing. Like people think that we, we took off and are on this worldwide journey because we make a lot of fucking money, but we don't. This is because we reduced what we need down to, it cost us 25% of what it costs us to live in Chicago by doing what we're doing. We reduce down to a sustainable level that fits inside of my business. And by reducing all of these things, the house, the car, the excess shit, I was able to clear the debt on my business and stay in the black so that we're actually able to have a recurring revenue that sustains us. Right. We, we cleared all of the nonsense, even the insurance policies that didn't make any more sense, like to just to sit in the cash and to consume less has allowed us to clear all of this noise because we live and exist in six suitcases for mm-hmm. a family of four. The, so mm-hmm. this is this, this is the minimalism. This is one of the topics I want to talk yeah. about. The clearing the noise is the name of my speech that I'm writing and I'm like 80% done with, but it's about mastering your relationship to objects and things so that you are more capable of living a sustainable life for yourself to find your own personal power. Yeah. And then with that excess time, energy and money, you're more capable to go pursue the things that, that light up, that light you up, that, that may be your purpose. And if there isn't a fucking time in the world before, it's now to pursue your goddamn purpose. Yeah. And one of the things, too, that I think I'll use this word and then you can tell me what you think about it. But in being selfish in, in this decision of, of putting myself first and and i think i have a whole lot of feelings about the word selfish and what it means um but in putting myself first i actually want to put myself first now so i can give back as much as possible like now and into the future so Mm -hmm. it's like in in a i don't know if that act is very selfish or self-centered when it's really for like the collective it's like i want to pursue my purpose which is about a bigger vision for for how like that's going to impact many people yeah now i had a really really smart friend right that i was a former friend now because he couldn't handle forgiveness i forgive you for that if you're listening but he said something profound to me which is it's not like it's not selfish it's self-like Selfish is the kind of negative word, but self-like isn't. And if you think about it in the words of childish versus childlike, it is brilliant to be childlike. It's terrible to be childish, right? And so instead of selfish, which is kind of like hoarder, greedy, self-like is aligned. Mm -hmm. Being like yourself and being aligned is the greatest gift you can give to humanity because then you're not bringing your suffering to the community and everyone else around you. 
And I think a lot of what we see when people react to us is we're, we're seeing their suffering reflected upon and projected upon us. And if they heal their own suffering, we have a lot less suffering in the world and we have a lot less persecution and drama and martyrs and victims out there. That and I'll never be, you know, I'll never be a healer. I'll never be. You already are. <laughs> no, no, no. But th- I, I really believe that orientation is wrong, which is like, I'm going to go out and heal others. But all I can do is heal myself. Mm-hmm. And in, but in healing yourself, it's powerful because then yeah. others can, can learn from that. Others can heal themselves connect with that yeah and and i think you're being the change you wish to see in the world you're giving people access to to witnessing the contrast of what it's like to be subject to other people trying to heal you and a victim to to society and the rest of it to someone who self-actualizes their own healing takes responsibility for it finds the modalities that works for him and then creates the healing projects and And that's my message and that's that's what i'm stepping into which you know as i said and Megan saw and you saw and Marty, this was a really hard decision. And my heart was hurting when mm-hmm. through this decision. I could feel my heart. I was crying daily, which I can't, I really can't say happens very often, but I was feeling my heart and I was allowing myself to be sad yeah. and I was allowing myself to grieve. But after I would grieve and my heart would, you know, release its pain, I would feel energetically fine. And that was different. And after I went through with this decision and I faced my family and I told them and I, and I didn't let the airlines bail me out, you know, cause I could have waited mm-hmm. and I could have let the airlines cancel my flight and let the borders shut. But I, I preemptively talked to my family and said, I'm making this decision, not because of the pandemic, not because of all these things, but because that I want to be here and that it's important to me. And I made that decision because I wanted, it just felt right. And, but I, you know, I let myself grieve and I let myself go through that process. Mm -hmm. And that was also, I think, really important because then I was able to separate the grieving, the sadness, and I expressed it and let it go from the energy, which is good. And it's been good and it, and it's continued to be good. I had very little of a, of a loss of energy in this. If anything, I feel more powerful because I've, I've led myself in, you know, through this process and I've been really powerful. And it's felt powerful and I've, and I've done all the things that I thought were hard. And sometimes I can't believe some of the things that I'm stepping into and doing and yeah. And, and, and like the message that I'm creating and I'm feeling like I'm the more and more like this is all going to happen, that it, I'm going to have a message that it's going to get somewhere and it's going to. It already is. Really you have this is. positive feedback that it's happening, right? And I, I do that. I'm seeing it. I'm working with you side by side and I, I have now this this cohort in this and we're energized and we're jamming. Yeah. Megan's about to do that too. <laughs> I'm, about I'm really to. grateful. I'm about to. I'm about to. I'm stepping in. No, I had this realization today and this is kind of the running theme. I remember um, months back I talked about the Queen of Swords where I would pers- I, I put the swords in myself, not realizing that I put them in there. But overlaying that with the concept of the the drama triangle, I realized that at some point, I think in a very, a very young age, I internalized conflict. So where I would be really good on the outside, I put the conflict in me and I became my own persecutor. So I didn't wait for anybody to persecute me. I did it to myself or I would do it in the name of, you know, someone else. Well, I can't be this way because I would hurt someone else. I would trigger someone else. So let me just shut myself down. 
And that that's the cycle that I'm I'm undoing right now is I I'm refuse to be my own persecutor anymore. And if I yeah. And Megan, you you also told me a story that resonated with energetic freedom, which was going through IVF and not knowing. Oh yeah. About yeah, if you want to tell. Yeah, that part, sure. To me, that really resonated as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> When Marty and I were working through IVF, we really wanted to become parents and we went through it. We were on our third try and the first two had failed and miscarried the first one. Uh, That was a painful process and uh, my heart goes out to anyone that has felt that. The second time just didn't take it all. And then the third time we were about to go into the third time. And I remember a distinct, I can tell you exactly where I was walking down the street where, and Marty and I sat down to have a conversation and I was like, I won't, I won't do this more than three times. Like this is the third time and this is the last time. But what's cool is that I know I'm not, I'm not in control of the result. I, I can't control whether or not we get pregnant now, but I can control whether or not we have an awesome fucking life. <laughs> and no matter what, whether or not we have kids biologically or not, I, we're going to have an awesome fucking life because that's one thing that I know whether or not that's with kids or without kids that that remains to be seen. But my, I know that we're going to have an amazing life. So I feel like I energetically let go of the result of, uh, are we going to have kids or not? The attachment. Right? Yeah. The, the let outcome. go of the attachment. Yeah. One of the things you said that I, I would love to hear from you again is something about, I'm not, I'm not going to say it right. So I want you to say it about women in general going mm, through this persecution yeah. of themselves because of society. <laughs> oh yeah. It's generational and gender based mm. in a lot of ways. So it was just yesterday where it hit me. We had a conversation with another woman who was awesome. And uh, I got off that call. And then I had this realization about the drama triangle and being my own persecutor. And, and then I was like, oh, shit, is this my internalized patriarchal paradigm? Like nobody has to put me down. I'll put myself down because that's, that's the patriarchal paradigm is that the woman has to be put down. And I was like, fuck, I internalized that. I internalized that, that like I am living out a continuation of the patriarchy. If I don't, if I don't heal this within myself and if I don't choose myself, which is why Kyle going back to you and seeing you choose yourself is really, really inspiring. And for me to go, okay, I can choose myself. And I had another, (laughs) this is a little bit separate, but still I feel like connected choosing myself at 40, choosing myself where I'm at right now. And with my gray hairs and my wrinkles and all is that I'm, I'm 40. And I think that the, one of the major problems with a society that idealizes youth and craves youth and hold, wants to hold on to youth is that we are totally missing the beauty that is stepping into our own power as we get older. And especially as an older woman and 40, it's like, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not 30, I'm 40. And if I can't step into my personal power now, when am I going to do that? And so I feel like I have this something welling inside of me that's like, okay, I choose myself. I can recognize myself and yeah, no, no need to be my own persecutor. I want to say sorry for every way that I've contributed to that patriarchal thing. And you are incredible. And the biggest pain I have is watching you persecute yourself because you created Amory, you created this, and I'm getting the rewards because mm-hmm. I get great feedback and I'm engaged and lit up. He's engaged and lit up. And you created this for us. And Marty's fighting 
fighting for it and I'm fighting <laughs> for it. And we're, yeah, we're fighting for you, Megan. Thank you. I, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, it's, it's the ability to recognize myself now and to see. I remember, Kyle, when we were walking in the forest a couple weeks ago and you called me Mother Earth. He was like, you're Mother Earth. And it, I, it hit me and I started to cry. And I was like, why, why is this making me cry? <laughs> why is being called Mother Earth making me cry? And then I realized there's a lot of power in being able to create the context in which other people thrive. And if I really let myself see my own power is by creating the platform of Emory, by what I crave is to let people share their stories of transformation, because I think that there's incredible power in that. And they're not my stories. It doesn't have to be my voice, but I can, I can create the context or the platform. And that is like Mother Earth. Mother Earth creates the context of life. And there's, there's power in that. And I think I'm just... Mother Earth creates the, the relationships. <laughs> yeah, you're... it's just letting myself sink into this place and to own my own personal power there is, uh, it's new. That's new for me. You're facilitating the conversation that needs to be had in the world. One of them, one major one. And you are doing an excellent job because you're a pro facilitator and a pro communicator. And we all want you to see that in yourself and you should not be ashamed or worried about anybody's slinging arrows <laughs> or, you know, one of the things you said to our friend whose name is Aurora. Should, oh, I okay. can right? give her a shout out. Give yeah. her a shout out. Okay. Yeah, Aurora, who, thank who you. Who really gave you some, some insight into, yeah, some women might be jealous of your situation right now. You have two loves of your life here and, and what you've created, but you're also something that, that women are trying to uh, obtain and you are, uh, a real example that it's possible for them and there's work to be done and you're helping by by communicating the work that needs to be done and i hope by putting myself out there to be as raw and vulnerable as i possibly can so that it's really it's like leaving breadcrumbs like here you go this is how it's possible and i've right. been so afraid my whole life of you don't have to hope of yeah of people yeah, you're, you're right. I don't have it. to hope. I'm doing it. I'm doing, doing it. it. I just have to recognize that. Like even in these conversations, these are my contributions. Yeah, and I and I want to now put the pressure on you for the work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Am challenger. challenger. Marty's the challenger. I'm the challenger. I am, I am not the victim here. <laughs> All right, AmoryPodcast.com version 1.0, built by me. So forgive the Thank design. Thank you, Marty. Until my other partner hit, gets an opportunity to help with the design, she did the logo. But uh, it is going to have a page on there for others to tell their story. And uh, uh, a, it has a page on there with a form. And by the time that this podcast goes up, that website will be done. Yes, we will. Right? Because we are on the, the one yard line. And for non-Americans in football, that means like we're almost about to score a touchdown. <laughs> and touchdown is points. Right? At the end of the day, we're right there. And... And there's a form to be on the uh, application to be on the podcast and a form to tell your story, to tell how you love, because we aren't the only version out there. No, there's so and many. there are so many people that have taught us so much. I'm going to give a shout out to Polly and Prosecco again, the, the group on Instagram who have their new podcast out because like there was a great example of a lady who asked us, well, how do you tell an eight year old? That you're Polly. I'm like, I don't have an eight-year-old, but Polly Prosecco, I think, does, uh -huh. right? They have six kids, I think. And like, yes. so, so I was able to refer that out. And there's this community out there that all have a story to tell. 
And it's all, all about you. It's all of you. Have all to. about relating differently. It's about normalizing love is love. It's about normalizing relating differently. It's about the change we wish to see in the world. And you are a leader of that, Megan. Thank and you. And we are humble cohorts of that. And Kyle will be amazing human beings. Kyle <laughs> will be a leader of helping people self-actualize their own healing through other mm -hmm. modalities that they might not be considering, and being the example of that. And I will just be the stunningly good looking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I will. I I am working on helping people access their own personal power and strength. Not giving yeah. people power and strength, but uh, really teaching people how to clear the noise. And, and if how, you don't think he's good at it, I've been student number one. Or what would we call I've, it? I've come pretty fucking far. The Marty, the Marty Batia. Marty, you had an acronym for it. The yeah. Marty Batia Hard Reset Training Program. Yeah. <laughs> the Marty Batia Hard Reset Training -B -H -R -T -P. Program. MBHRT. I'm a graduate and right. I'm doing quite well. Right. But it is, this is a time for, you know, the book I'm writing is called The Hard Reset. And it's, we hard reset. I hard reset my body, my lifestyle, my relationships my career and now my ikigai and the world is in the process of a hard reset to do try resetting the planet right? <laughs> as my as my indian side will reset. come out right did yeah. you try resetting the planet like we are in this process of a reset right are like you gonna you're gonna bring that same cached bullshit in are you going to to you like look for you conspiracy theorists out there you're useless the past and how this happened doesn't fucking matter and for you that are experiencing a lot of anxiety, take a breath. You don't have to project all the negative futures. You have to start paying attention to the present, doing what you need to do to be responsible for self-isolating, quarantining, and social distancing, because that's what we need of you as a whole. So our grand, our parents don't fucking die. Mm -hmm. And all the people that are compromised don't die. But now you have the opportunity to look at the future and ask yourself on this blank slate, what do you want to put in it? You yeah. know, that's how you get rid of the anxiety. You don't try to predict the future. You start projecting a better future that you want and work towards it. And there's no need to hide your light. And I think what I'm learning is that I've always been called. There's everybody has their ikigai already there. You don't have to go out and like find it somewhere. It's already in you. You just have to allow it. So you, the, the process of unblocking yourself by clearing the noise, clearing the noise, by having things become simple, healing. healing yourself, not being the victim to yourself or to anyone else, stepping out of the drama triangle. All of this is interrelated. Now, I want to say something to my partner who will be listening. She is also being called on by so many people to spread her light. And she's fucking amazing and a great example of living a lifestyle that is of the future and what we all need and she does it with an open heart and a big spirit and, mm -hmm. and a beautiful amount of love so i'm calling you out girl mm -hmm. she's got a bigger game <laughs> yeah she's uh, and, stepping into her bigger and, game and uh yeah i want to i want to support that and i want to see that and i want to see that from our audience yeah yeah energetic freedom is also about stepping into your your fears and i think if anyone's seen the last you know, year of our lives, there's been a lot of fears that we've stepped into. Now on the other side of that fear is like a waterfall or mm. a beautiful yeah. beach or a mountain or some incredible experience that we, we were afraid of. Mm. We were afraid of it for some reason. There was something that we couldn't see. And, you know, what, what, I, what I did and, and the decision I made was really hard. It was really hard on, on people that, that I love and that, that love me. And the way that I had to go through that was I wanted to 
to look them all in the eye and I wanted to talk and I wanted to hear their emotions. And it wasn't a decision that I made and just let them sit with it. You know, I, I basically organized a video call with my family and I had them all, you know, look me in the eye through, through a video camera, but look me in the eye nevertheless. And I wanted to hear their emotions. I wanted to hear what they felt. And as a family, I don't think we've ever had that in, in my family. We've never had a moment where everyone is emoting in wow. a safe and free way. And I created that. You did. And I'm really proud of that. And you were the coach. And, and there's gonna I was the coach and I'm and there's gonna be more of that. Yeah. And and that's one of the, you know, when you talk about axioms, you talk about values and you talk about things that are in my life. I created that because that's the way that I that I do things now. And and that and I have to, to be the example and I have to own things. I have to own my decisions. I have to own who I am. And I want people to know who I am and I'm proud of who I am and, and where I'm going and I want their support. And I want their love and I need it. And I choose them. I choose them in this life and, and whatever comes next. Mm. And I choose you guys. Mm. We choose you. We choose you. Again and again. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, Any good. other closing words? I think we said a lot. I think what we'll do is link to a lot of stuff. Lots of links. And we want to hear from you. So, you know, a lot of things we want. We want your support by way of some of your attention. So go to their website, amorypodcast.com. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash amorypodcast. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amory. If you found value in this, it sparked a conversation with you and your partner or partners. You found better inquiries for yourself. You got some insights. You felt some growth. Or you just like hearing us talk. I encourage you to check out our Patreon page. And if you have the means... Subscribe. We have levels that are just $2, like you're buying us a cup of coffee every month. Or perhaps you can afford to buy us a lunch at a cheap location for 10 bucks a month. Or you can go all in on a dinner. Whatever it is. We'd love to have your support. We'd love to be able to continue this conversation ongoing uh, and really bring love into the world, because that's what it's all about. So if you like it, and you have the means, and you feel so inclined, please check it out. We appreciate you. We love you. Love more. Be well.